Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Distraction Pieces podcast and today it's episode 521 and I'm joined by Pom Clementief. What a buzz. What a buzz. I was so excited about this one. I'm a big fan of Pom in Guardians as Mantis. I was a fan of Pom's episode of um, of Black Mirror and I love the Mission Impossible films and we talk about it in this episode. I think this new one is the best Mission Impossible yet. It blew me away and it's only part one. It's really good and Pom's character is a real standout character in it, like an instant impact type character. I keep, a few times in the chat, I refer to it as like feeling like a Bond villain because you know how Bond villains, it'll be like, they were often there only, only like, like you think of Jaws in Bond, right? How as soon as he's on screen, you're like, who is this? I'm terrified. That's the vibe I got from Pom's character in this. It's really good. So we have a good old chat about all of that. There's one thing we talk about that I'll reference at the end because I was worried it was going to be an awkward moment, but um, it turned out being all right, really. But we'll get you. You'll get to that. Yeah. So as ever, we're brought to you by SpeechDevelopmentRecords.com. That's where you can head and get all my merch and my music's stuff like that. Pom has been doing a lot of press with Simon Pegg, who's been on the podcast three times now. And I met because he was a fan of my music. So head over there and get some good stuff there. If you want to support the podcast, patreon.com forward slash Scroobius Pip is where you can chip in for like a a dollar or two a month. And twitch.tv forward slash Scroobius Pipio is where you can come and see me streaming. That's about it. That's all you need to know, really. If this is your first time tuning in, man, the previous guests. So, I mean, Simon Pegg is one. That's a good starting point. And obviously, Nick Frost has been on more than once. Michael Fassbender. Florence Pugh has been on twice. Uh, Stephen Graham has been on two or three times. James McAvoy. Lena Headey has been on multiple times. Ed Scrine. Yusef Kakur, loads of amazing people have been on at least once so just have a good browse of the back catalogue or the easiest thing to do at times if there's someone like just search distraction pieces and anyone's name put Louis Theroux he's been on Stephen Fry he's been on Stuart Lee he's been on Sarah Pascoe Catherine Ryan they've all been on Ashlyn B like the list is genuinely nearly endless so yeah have a bit of a, a hunt about and see what takes your fancy. If this is if this is indeed your first time tuning in. But let's get into it, man. This is episode 521 of the Distraction Pieces podcast with Pom Clementief. This piece of fiction is the intro to distraction pieces. This piece of fiction is the intro to distraction pieces. This piece of fiction is the intro to distraction This piece of fiction is the intro to distraction Right, I'm joined here today by Pom Clementiev. How are you? I'm good in you. Thank you for pronouncing it right. <laughs> I do my best. You've got to be specific on these things. I've given myself the ludicrous name of Scroobius Pip, so it, that constantly gets mispronounced. So I'm always extra uh-huh. conscious of making sure I Thank get you. I, I get the guess right. But, but how's it all going? How are you feeling with all the... 
you, you're knee deep in the in the press run, right? How, yeah. how are you holding up? I mean, it's amazing. I was just paired with Simon, Simon yeah. Pegg. He's the best. And I was at a another like radio uh, thing, and they they brought a, a peg with like, a little face of Simon on it, and I put it <laughs> I, I put it like, on my lip, and it was like funny. You took a funny picture. So you know, we're just having fun. Amazing. Mm-hmm. I love it. Well, I mean, I'm, the way I usually do these is I'll kind of start at the beginning of your career and life, and then I'll jump around a bit. But we're really going to jump around here, partly because. Because you've prompted, I've I've got a guest question from Simon Pegg because mm-hmm. he's a he's a mutual f- friend. I used to do music and he used to come to my gigs oh back my God, in the day. Really? So I've known Simon for years. Oh, that's so cool. So when I knew I was I was having you on, I asked for a question, and his question was, "Who is the greatest director you've ever worked with?" Ah, uh, you know what answer he's hoping for, <laughs> Simon Pegg. <laughs> Because we shot this beautiful uh, short movie together yes. in Venice when everything was closed. It was locked down. I mean, you know, few people were in the streets and we're shooting Mission Impossible. But we also had some time off and I had to do trash talk, what they call in, in yeah. the U.S., yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, for a charity with the Avengers. So it was like organized by the Russo brothers. And so I had to pick someone to trash talk, but I'm not good at these things. I don't know anything about football. I'm not good at doing selfie videos where I, I talk and I see my face. It just freaks me out. So I, I, I had to do something. I had to do something that's maybe more artistic or more me in some ways. So I was with uh, Simon uh, on Mission Impossible and I asked him, hey, would you help me? Like I need to do a, a trash talk. I don't know what to do. He said, yes, of course, I would love to do that. I'm like, okay, cool, let's brainstorm. So he's like, what do we want to do? I don't know, I like to sing, I'm French. I don't know, I love the 60s, I love the French New Wave. He's like, oh, that's great, let's do something like that. I'm like, okay, cool. So we brainstormed, I put some images together and we wrote it together to be funny in English. It had to rhyme in French, but also be funny in French. And uh, we just uh, crafted this movie together and he directed it, Um, he shot it on his iPhone and we put it in black and white. He he edited it after we shot it. And um, I styled myself, I asked a few brands that I loved uh, and I asked the, the hairstylist from Mission Impossible to help me. So we like made this little movie, you know, like uh, that, you know, was inspired by Godard, by, by Truffaut, all these amazing French directors from the 60s. Yeah. And uh, Simon asked Tom, Tom Cruise, if he would made a, make a cameo in it. And Tom watched the movie and he loved it. He was like, yes, of course, because Tom is it. cool like that. You yeah. know, he's going to do like his amazing movies. But at the same time, he's always down to have like some fun and to just do like things spontaneously. And he was so kind to be a part of the movie at the end with Rebecca and Simon. So I was going to say, that so reveal at the end, does it pans out and you've oh got your crew God, standing the there all looking as cool as anything. There's no one better to have in a reveal than Tom Cruise, so is there? Sure. Fun. It was so much fun. But anyway, we're here to talk about Mission Impossible. Yes, of course, of course. But um, again, it kind of shows that it must have been a lot of, f- f- of fun because so jumping in to any project, like from speaking to Simon, it is quite a family. It's such a, a unit everyone is pulling together. How was it to join that kind of already established group of people and family there. I mean, I was re- really lucky to be, to get to work with Christopher McQuarrie, Tom Cruise and the cast. And, you know, I built such beautiful friendships, you know, like and with Simon again, with Tarzan, Shay, like all these people. Yeah. And, um, you know, of course it was like a tough time where we were like kind of like in a bubble stuck together for such a long time, you know. I was never able to go back home for longer than a year because of 
we needed to stay in the bubble. We couldn't like travel back and yeah, forth, you know? And it was a very specific and challenging shoot. But in the end, it was all worth it. You know, when you watch the movie, yeah. it was all worth it. Yeah, I love it. I, I was with Simon the night before he flew out to start filming and then it all stopped be- yeah. because of the pandemic and everything was just kind of put on hold. And when there are these huge budget things like this that are really time sensitive because of, of the the money involved, it must be... It must have been jarring on your part to get this gig and then not know what's happening, you know, have it all kind of in limbo. and Yeah, like mentally it's it's, um, it's exhausting and it's scary. I mean, you know, we're lucky people too. I'm not going to complain. There's like of people course. who are like even in worse situations that, that I was in, you know. But of course, not, not knowing what's going to happen is always scary. We've all been through that in yeah. these uh, crazy times, you know. Um, so one of the things that jumped out instantly... You, you mentioned when you and Simon were shooting, getting to borrow some costumes and outfits. The look of your character, Paris, in Mission Impossible is amazing. How, how good was that to get to play? Because the makeup's amazing, the outfits are amazing, everything. Yeah. How was that side of it? To get the role, but then to see your character and kind of go, right, this is... This is oh, going to be fun. It was so cool because it was such a collaborative process. You know, yeah. the way Christopher McQuarrie and Tom Cruise work in these movies, it's kind of like they cast the actor and then they they build the character around the, the actor's abilities and about the conversations that we have yeah. and that what we want to do and what they see in me as well. You know, we do a lot of different screen tests, a, a lot of different costume. Uh, we try different costume to see how it moves and what makes the most sense and what tells a story mm. even visually and yeah. not even without with words you know and the costume designer was amazing Jill Taylor and you know we also have a lot of say in it you know yeah. and for me I wanted to be able to really do my own stunts and and kick and punch and you know I didn't want to wear heels because when you do action with heels it's just like you don't have a good balance you know yeah. and I wanted to go hard you know so I wanted to wear boots or flat shoes and I wanted to be able to do uh, high kicks. So we went for a skirt, for example, to be able to go super high, you know, yeah. um, and a kilt because, you know, it comes from also Christopher McQuarrie's family. They have like a tartan in their oh, family. Wow. So it's like, oh, it's kind of like nice to have like a good connection. Yeah. It's, it's not the same tartan, but, you know, yeah. it was a nice little uh, wink, you know. And uh, and the character has a, a vibe that's, that is a little bit more wearing menswear too or like or like whatever that means nowadays. And um, yeah, something that is this different from the other female characters that we've seen before. So it's kind of like nice to uh, to show something different and more punk. Yeah. And then with the, the makeup, you know, it was my idea, the white makeup with a teardrop in, um, you know, that you see on the poster in, yeah. in one of the scene in the movie, it was in Venice. So all the characters were supposed to go to a party where people were supposed to wear masks because it's a, it was a masked ball. Mm-hmm. So I thought that my character wouldn't wear a mask because she's a rebel, you know? Yeah. She would like draw a mask on her face. Yeah. And actually I did that in real life years ago in, in, in Paris when I used to live there, uh, a girlfriend, I was at a girlfriend's place. It was um, evening and then she invited me to a party. She's like, oh, I'm going to this masked party. I'm like, I don't have a mask. So I drew a mask on my face with um, uh, a black pencil, you know, for, yeah. for ma- black pen for makeup. And so I thought that Paris would do the same thing, you know? She's like, fuck it, you know, I'm not going to follow the rules. I'm going to do my own thing and just like kind of like fuck with them you know yeah. 
So I thought it would be great. But I thought that also to bring something a little bit strange and eerie and, you know, because it's kind of like a mysterious character. Mm -hmm. I thought that something a little bit white, like a pantomime, would be interesting too visually, you know, yeah. and it would bring some light to the face because the scene happens at night, you know? Yeah. So I was inspired by Piero Lunaire, you know, this character from the Comedia, yeah. Comedia dell'Arte yeah. with a mask, with a white face, with a teardrop. I thought it would bring some melancholy to the character and something a little bit strange and and sad. And also when you see the teardrop, it makes you think of guys or like guys in, in jail, you know, who have like a teardrop on yeah. the side. Yeah. So I thought it was kind of funny that she would like draw that on her face, you know. And then everyone ended up not wearing masks. You know, they kind of like, <laughs> it changed in the script. Yeah. So I ended up just wearing this mask by myself, which looks crazy, which, but it kind of like even works yeah, yeah, for the character. It's better. like, what's going on? Yeah. But it looks like she's wearing war paint. You know, she's going to war, she's going to fight. And she's like, I'm going to fuck you up, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it was kind of like fun to do that. Yeah, and then there is the, the the fight scene with Tom. So it kind of like all worked visually because throughout the fight, you see the makeup change and you see like kind of like her becoming a monster at mm. some point, you know, completely like unleashed, you know? Yeah. So I think it was like kind of cool, the, the evolution of something like it looks like almost a doll, you know, very, not like a fairy, but there's like something that could look a little bit innocent. Yeah. And yeah. pretty kind of. And then it looks like disgusting and like a monster and completely like dripping sweat, you know? Yeah, I love that. And I love the the collaboration there, like the, yeah. the influence that you can put in. That I was, was going to ask how much the costume helps you find the character anyway, but surely all of the collaboration there, it really yeah. helps you draw that character it's out. A, it's a group work, you know, with like all these incredibly talented people involved, you know? Yeah, yeah, I love that. And and you mentioned fight scenes. Yeah. How exciting was that to get to have these insane fight scenes? Like you, when your character, what I love about your character, it's got kind of a Bond villain feel of you're kind of waiting for them to fight almost. And when the mm-hmm. fight finally comes, it is this explosion of, of yeah. energy. And I, I know you are you do Taekwondo, right? So how important was all that to doing your own fight scene and, and being involved in that way? Oh my God, I've been training for years, you know? I was a huge fan of the, of the franchise. And even years ago, before getting cast in the movie, I would do stunt training and learning martial arts and, and learning how to kick, how to punch with an amazing martial artist called Jason Noviello. We were in LA and I was training, I was training because it was my dream to be an action movie, but specifically in Mission Impossible. Wow. And sometimes even in my schedule, in my phone, sometimes I would write Mission Impossible instead of training or martial arts or stunt training because it was one of my dreams. Amazing. So I wanted to remind me, uh, remind myself that it was one of my dreams and to manifest it. Yeah. So it's kind of a crazy that it worked, but it's, I trained hard for it too, you know? Yeah. And, and a, a, a long time, like how important has tr- training been in your life? Because it can be that thing that can ground you and that can Completely. keep you be your regular thing to... To keep you, yeah, focused. I yeah, guess. I mean, I'm the happiest when I when I train, and when I don't train, I'm, you know, I just I, I feel I feel depressed, <laughs> to be honest with you. But we continued the training with Wade Eastwood, you know, who's the the amazing stunt coordinator on uh, on Mission Impossible, and who's worked on the previous movies, and uh, and the stunt team was amazing, and we I learned also so much with them, and we trained mm. for months and months, um, you know, to work on the fight style of the character and. Um, 
to work on this uh, alleyway fight and also on this fight with the two guys uh, on the on the train yeah. and it was so wonderful and you know th these things are very technical because you know you can learn how to fight how to punch but to fight on camera is, is a different thing you have to be totally in control Mm -hmm. And you have to stop the hit at the right time to make sure that you don't actually hit the person. But you have to sell the hit. You have to sell the actual hit or getting hit. And sometimes faking getting hit is actually harder because yeah. you always have to be in sync. You have to look at each other and you have to be in the same rhythm. You know, it's like a dense, a dense partner. You yeah. know, you have to always have this connection. And what is so interesting to work with uh, with Tom on Mission Impossible is that everything is about character. Mm -hmm. It's all about, he's always about thinking about what the audience is going to feel. And I learned so much with him because it's not about learning a fight choreography, learn movements, because who cares about that? I mean, yeah. you can have like beautiful fight choreography, like, yeah, great, beautiful dancing, but... You know what is what is the most striking sometimes in a in a fight scene? It's the moments in between. It's the moments where both characters are exhausted. They're like dripping sweat, and like one of them is like, "I'm gonna fuck you up," yeah. and the other one is like, "No, no, no!" Like you know, it's like losing hope and then getting to fight again. It's like all these little moments, you know. Yeah. One character is like on the floor, and the other one is like walking towards, and yeah. you're like, "Oh, he's gonna hit again, or she's gonna hit again." Yeah. And it's like all these little bits that are actually moving, you know? Yeah, completely. And it's it's something that I think the Mission Impossible franchise has been kind of at the front at is bringing in. It's been in recent years in in, in American cinema and, and TV that I think that they've brought in that kind of element of exhaustion, element yeah. of this being a real exhausting trial that's going on rather than here's some cool things yeah, that we completely. can do. Which, which again, obviously martial arts films w w went in that direction for a long time where it was just more and more I mean that's crazy beautiful stuff too. I, I really appreciate that yeah. too and some fights are incredible but you know beautiful movements of course but with Mission Impossible you're always also grounded in reality yeah. and that's how you connect so strongly with the characters I think yeah. And also, you know, oftentimes in movies, there's a lot of wire work, a lot of like CGI green screen in Mission Impossible. You know, we do the things in real life on location, you yeah. know, at some point in the movie, I got the chance to um, have to run on top of a moving train and jump over carriages. And I've never been able to do that. And usually productions don't let you do that. But with Tom, everything is possible. Yeah. And he pushes you to do it and then you do it. And then like right before the take, I was humming. Doo, 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 doo. I was <laughs> so excited because, you know, I just love the Mission Impossible movies so much. So even me, I was like fangirling about my own scene. I was like, yes, I'm going to do that finally, you know? Yeah. I think it's what's brought a lot of excitement around them in recent years anyway, because you can do so much in CGI that it's hard to impress people in films, but yeah. because everyone kind of knows now yeah. that Mission Impossible, so much of it is real in the camera, yeah. you know, and that makes it exciting as a as a, a viewer to be Completely. to be part of. So I can't imagine how exciting it must be to be on the other side of the camera, going, "All right, I'm about to run across a train. It's it's my time now." So fun. <laughs> you touched upon something there that. I find fascinating in, in cinema. You mentioned the the moments when someone's down and the other actor or fighter is walking towards them. You grew up in France, right? I, mm -hmm. I want to kind of talk to you about your transition from European cinema to American cinema because I think French cinema, Italian cinema, German cinema all tends to take its time more to allow things to breathe, whereas yeah. American cinema can be a lot faster 
and choppier. And again, I think as weird as it is, some of the fight scenes in Mission Impossible are the combination of those two. They mm-hmm. where you they obviously Mission Impossible has so much oh quick, God. fast-paced stuff, but yeah. it also has these moments where it, it lets things breathe. So, how's that been? as an artist, to kind of move from those two worlds? Because as I said, the example I always give is in a lot of European cinema, if someone's arriving at someone's door, they'll open the gate, they'll walk up the path, they'll breathe, and then they'll knock on the door. Whereas in a lot of American cinema, the gate will open and then the door will be knocking. And it you know, it cuts that, that yeah. chunk out. So how is that as an actor to kind of find the, the balance between those two? Yeah, I mean, it's funny you say that. It's true when I watch French movies, you know, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's so different. You know, yeah. there's like something more subtle sometimes and more underneath. And even with the way the actors, you know, do the scenes and show the emotions, it's more inside usually. Yeah. And there's like something more intense and more in the demonstration with um, American cinema. Yeah. I mean, not always, but, you know, it's like, you know, yeah, even in largely. the way people act, you know, but, but I love that too. I love both, you know, I love both for different reasons, you know, but I, I love intensity. It's also my personality. Yeah. I'm French. I grew up in France. So I'm very French, but in my blood also have some Korean and some Russian. So it's like pretty intense mix of <laughs> yeah. like uh, backgrounds, you know, so I yeah. have like this intensity, like naturally that wants to come out, you know, so it's not surprising that I was attracted to to these movies and to action movies you know was acting always your goal when you were growing up was that always your thought of your outlet for this intensity and for this passion no not I mean I was not even like I was not a daredevil when I was little you know yeah no, I was like girly girl. And, and then I it changed completely, you know, it was like, but also it was like linked to my father's death when I was five. And, uh, you know, things changed completely. You have to like learn quick, you know, when you, when you have a losses in your life, yeah, you know, of course. of course it's like life experience and it gives you a different perspective on life. And then I was like raised by my French uh, family in France with my aunt. She chopped my hair off. She dressed me with like just jeans, like denim and, and just like a sweater and not girly girl at all. Yeah. And then I became a a different person completely yeah. but I think it may be more interesting too like yeah. I mean even like now I'm not like girly girl I mean like it's fun sometimes to be like girly a little bit but I like to be like to roll up my sleeves and like get in the dirt too you know yeah it allows you to bring out both sides of, of, of your character there I think that's that's kind of what we've got to try and make all our life experiences about right what it taught you about yourself and yeah. who you are and then when you're old enough you can go right I do want to be a girly girl sometimes still, sometimes. but also I've got yeah. this now and can enjoy mm-hmm. both. So uh, another family that you joined was the, the Guardians. Yes. And uh, James Gunn is another one who, he was a fan of my music back in the day and kind of, I just fanboy out, out over him constantly because I think all of the Guardian stuff was so good. So how was that to join that family? And then genuinely one of the most emotional experiences in the cinema so far this year for me has been the third Guardians f- film. So how was that to be part of that family and to and to, to go on that journey? Oh, I mean, like James Gunn changed my life, you know. Back then, it was hard for me to get roles. Mm. I don't know, maybe I was like fucking, my, <laughs> fucking up my auditions as well. But, you know, I was so different. I had an accent. I didn't have a perfect American accent. I looked Asian, but I was French. You know, it was like kind of like so yeah. many things. And they're like, oh, her hair is like bleach blonde. Like, what are we going to do with this person, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I got cast as this alien, you know? 
It's funny because I used to like um, get a lot of auditions for like badass role or like whatever that means, you know. And then I got cast in this role that was completely different and quirky and funny and weird. You know, it was so amazing to get to to play this unique character and to get to work with James. He's he's the best. I mean, we're like always in touch. We you know text each other. We're talking about future projects and all these things. You know, yeah, he's the best. I love it. I love it. So so how how was that trend or, or what was the choice? to transition from French and European cinema to American. Was that just something that you always wanted to do or was it a natural? No, but again, it was like also personal stuff. You know, it was like a lot of losses. I lost, you know, my my brother. It was like some drama also emotionally, like in my personal life, you know, love, like things like that. It was like very complicated. So it was like a lot of suffering and a lot of like, I need to get out. I'm suffocating. Mm. So I just, I just went to the US and I felt like it was such a different energy, you know? Yeah. And I went to LA and like everyone was just talking about movies and it was kind of like a little bubble with like palm trees and, and movies and, and weird, you know, the American yeah. dreams. It was so different. Yeah. And people were so positive and smiley, you know, it was like, so different from Paris. I love Paris, but sometimes, you know, they can be grumpy. So it was yeah. nice to just like, I just wanted to start. It's like starting a new book or a no- notebook and like all the pages are white and you're just telling a new story. Yeah. And you don't know anyone. Yeah. And I could barely speak English. I just like taught myself by watching 30 Rock with Tina Fey. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. So at first I could barely speak, but I was trying to speak, but it was it was hard. Yeah. And again, it's a really interesting problem to have there where, as you say, you've got a Korean heritage, but you've got a French accent that you're you're coming out of and yeah. things like that. that. That must have been weird for for castings and stuff back then. But the, the, the film that kind of transitioned you over was the remake of Old Boy. And that must have been an amazing one to work on, but amazing pressure as well, because it's such an iconic. I know. And, and, and my friend Audrey Ch- Chon was working on it and developing it from oh, the... Oh, Audrey, I yeah, remember her. I we went to Audrey. Sundance together. Yeah, She's and she cool. was amazing. But again, she was would speak of, this is a big one because this yeah. is such a recent, iconic film to to then... Um, but if you're going to translate or adapt anything, Spike Lee is a good person to to, oh, to, to to have at the helm, right? Spike is the best. I mean, we just texted recently. I, you know, I told him like, oh, do you want to go to any like Mission Impossible premieres? You know, let me know because he's yeah. like, you know, he's such a, a father figure for me. And, um, you know, in this crazy uh, Hollywood world, you know, he gave me a chance when, um, you know, a few people believed in me and he gave me my first um, opportunity in the US, you know, yeah. and he's been so supportive and um, such a beautiful figure in my life and so inspiring as well. You know, of course, I was a fan of his movies before working with him. And, you know, we would love to work together again at some point. Yeah. And I saw him, last time I saw him was uh, at a Knicks game, you know. Right, uh, of course. In New York. Yeah. Oh, my God, he was mad at me because, I mean, in a funny way, I was wearing green, like a very bright green uh, coat. He's not going to like that. No, no, no. But, of course, you know, I was... We were rooting for the Knicks and I was invited by them. So the colors are orange and um, and blue. But I was wearing green because I had a cool green coat. And he was like, why are you wearing green? You know, he loves to yell, <laughs> but in a cute way. I'm like, I don't know. I just like this coat. No, but it's the, the color of the Celtics. I'm like, I don't know who the Celtics are. I'm French. I don't know anything about about sports. And he was like, you can't wear the Celtics color at the Knicks game. And, you know, and just we laughed. I love it. And I love that Spike will have... <laughs> 
planned his whole outfit. It would have everything he was wearing would of be course. mixed colors. He so now I to- glasses. So I told him, I'm so I'm so sorry, Spike. Next time I go to a Knicks game, <laughs> I, I'm going to consult you or either wear the colors of the team or like, yeah, I need to check with you first. I can't I can't do that to you again. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Well, um, going back to mission, how was the the filming? process because you've touched upon that it was you know pandemic and things things like that but it's got to be quite a relentless project to work on right because there are physical like your character in particular has got so much exciting physical stuff like we don't get to hear you talk for quite a while and you have to get this character across but that can be almost more taxing than than dialogue because with with your dialogue you know I'm saying my line whereas without that it's all physical so how was that on you as a yeah as a project to work on on the, on the physical side so you know it makes me think of of course it was covid time so we had a lot we're traveling to different countries mm-hmm. and then when we uh, land in a country sometimes we had to quarantine mm-hmm. you know quarantine by ourselves in our own room alone for yeah. days so i was like going a little bit crazy you know it's hard to do that a lot you know so i would watch videos to get inspired for my character and i found this bird this prehistoric bird called the shoebill right. or shoebill stork. Okay. I have to show you a picture yeah, of the shoebill stork. And uh, this insane bird that has such a very unique way of moving. And it's, look, it's like this. People like posted about it. Oh, wow. It. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. crazy. <laughs> and the eyes look like a villain. Yeah. So the way he like moves his face like the that. The downwards constant. Yeah. yeah. So I was like inspired by this bird for, for the character. It was one of my that. inspirations. And also like knowing that I didn't speak a lot, you know, I would like improvise too. You yeah. know, if you, you saw the movie, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So in the movie on, on the train at some point, there is a heart and a window. Yes. Do you remember that yeah, moment? Yeah, yeah. That was improvised. That was, you know, it was like, oh, you get to get, you need to get the key from this person. It's like, oh, can I do that? It was like, oh, that's a great idea. So we shot it, you know? I love it. So there's like little moments like that where there's no words, but you can still convey emotions with behavior or doing different things, you know? And also I remember watching movies with characters that, you know, say a few words like Clint Eastwood, for mm-hmm. example, in his movies or Takeshi Kitano, you know? Yeah. You know, I remember reading this book that uh, Tarantino wrote uh, recently uh, that is about Hollywood. And he said that Steve McQueen in his movies used to get rid of most of his dialogue mm-hmm. and he would like rip off pages of, of his scripts and like speak less and less and yeah. less. And, um, and he would say something like, oh, I'll just be over here peeling an apple. And it's funny because it's also, we're like talking about Christopher McQuarrie. He was saying that, you know, what is important is character mm. and behavior. And it's a very, um, it's what um, what they do in American movies too. It's like character and behavior, and you know, how you move, how you hold yourself, you know, all yeah. these little details, you know. And that with someone incredibly visual, like, uh, Christopher Mancourt, he's a writer, but also he's so visual, you know, mm. the way he composes the frame, the way he puts like someone in the background or the focus on one character and the frame is like a little bit like crooked like that. It tells a story even visually and gives mm. power to each character. Yeah. And it was like so mind blowing. I, I learned so much with them. Because you can't say that, oh, it's an action movie. It's more than that. It's like pure cinema, you know. Yeah. And it's an homage to even like older movies, you know? Yeah. It's just, um, I don't know, it's so beautiful to get to work with them. 
I completely agree. And that's fascinating to hear about your your isolation time because during the pandemic, I was I was filming a show for NBC in Canada and I had a similar thing where I was just isolated in an Airbnb <laughs> for ages. And it wasn't fun for me as a person, but I think it was great for my character because my character was unhinged. It was a similar yeah. thing as you were, yeah. as you were saying. That. I was like... That all comes across in Paris. Like, yeah. like, like that, that is someone who's not been out of a room for, yeah. for two weeks and is, is ready to I tra- go. I trained for so long for this movie. Yeah. And I, I shot the fight scene with Tom at the end of the shoot, you know. Mm. I trained so much. I was so ready. I was like, yeah. it was like almost mm. like I was like stuck in a cage. Yeah. Like a tiger stuck in a cage. Like like walking like that screen. in a it circle. In a circle. And it's like, okay. Now we're ready for you to shoot. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to just like, ah, unleash the, ti- the tiger, yeah. you know? <laughs> That's intense. Yes. Um, so again, to w- I've told you we're going to j- jump around a lot, but the intensity of mission is very much stakes driven, right? And this is going to seem like a weird comparison, but one of the other films that in the cinema, so, so I saw Dead Reckoning 2, uh, 1 a couple of days ago, and it was just edge of your seat kind Mm -hmm. of intense the last time I was at a screening that had that kind of feeling was for Uncut Gems which is two very different films but it's got that tension oh my god they cut me out of the movie did they cut you out of it (laughs) yeah that's that's unbelievable right how how was that to work on because I've had two different things it's funny because um I knew Josh you know Mm. and and Ben Josh uh, Safdie and I knew him like years prior um he cast me in the movie yeah and uh when he sent me um the script for the role, there was like two two girls. And there was like one called Pom, like my name, yeah. and another called shit, Lexus. Yeah. And they want me to play Lexus. And the girlfriend of Lexus was called Pom. I was like, what the hell? So you wrote the script and there's my own name in it. It was like, oh yeah, I remember meeting you years ago, was inspired by the name and blah, blah, blah. And then we shot the scene. It was like running after um, uh, Adam Sandler in the street. Yeah. And it was eating a croissant. It was like kind of funny. And, you know, it was like stealing jewelry and and all that. And, and then they completely reshaped uh, the script and the story and re-edited the movie in a way that they focused also on a different character that used to be not as important. Right. And then they had to cut the scene out. So I'm like, I'm barely in the movie. I'm just like a glimpse like that in yeah. the corridor. So it's... And yet there's a problem there's in a, there as well. There's, there's a meme that keeps like running on the internet and that makes me laugh because... It's like me running with like fishnet stockings and it's like cheap ass like red dress with like plastic bag, I think. And Adam Sandler running after me and people keep doing a meme about like me running after my problems or I don't know, like like fun stuff, you know? Yeah. I don't know, it's so dumb. I I, I love that it gets edited around yet that's the memeable bit of the whole thing you've, <laughs> so you've stolen so, some meme. people recognize me some people don't but it just makes me laugh and then I'm like you know it's fine they cut me out of the movie it reminds me of you know Terrence Malick who cuts out like incredible actors out of yeah. their movies you know you can't you can't control that no completely and <laughs> but it's I can't all about wait to watch their their next movie you know they're incredible directors yeah so so you spoke of of all of this focus before Mission Impossible was even an option on wanting to be in Mission Impossible and training on having it on your calendar as as Mission Impossible rather than, than Taekwondo or training or, or whatever else. How is it at this point? Now the film's made, now you've seen how amazing it is and now, you know, you're on the posters and everything. How does that feel for you as a as a person to kind of get to, 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 
at this point in it all. Because when it's all happening, it's a bit of a whirlwind, right? You're kind of, as you say, you're, you're country to country. You're in isolation. You're training. You're learning about weird-looking birds. Right? Like, there's a lot going on. But now, do you get to have that moment of taking it all in and taking a breath on it all? Uh, I mean, like right now, I'm not taking a breath because we're on this whirlwind, um, <laughs> yeah. whirlwind uh, tour of promoting the movie and premieres, which is such a beautiful experience too. You t- to get to celebrate the movie in these different countries. But um, yeah, I mean, it was incredible to get to, to to see that I was on the poster. I was not expecting it at all, to be honest with you. Yeah. I was surprised and, and proud at the same time and even more proud when I got to to watch the movie because I watched it um, a few days ago. I was just blown away by how incredibly amazing this movie is. And I was just, after watching the movie, I was just, when the movie stopped, I couldn't speak for a few minutes. I was just processing yeah. the movie and, and the movie is so, so, so incredible. It's just really, really special. I think it's the best Mission Impossible movie of the, of the franchise. Yeah. And it's incredible how they, they've been able to, to make it better and better each time. It's just, I was blown away. Yeah, and also you know I got to do this fight scene with Tom, who's maybe the best action movie star in the world, and it's just I don't know how I'm going to be able to top that. That's my problem too now because yeah. it was my dream to do that. And now what else do I do? You know? Yeah, but then a lot of people <laughs> w- would have thought that when they were in a Guardians of the Galaxy film or in an Avengers thing, like how do I top that? And then you know you find a way. You you fight. Yeah. Tom Cruise in an alleyway with a pole. Yes. And, 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 and you figure out, so I'm sure you'll find the way to, to top that as well. What is on your list of things that you want to do? Do you want to write at all? Do you want to return to French cinema at all? Do you want to do more action? Or do, or do you feel, because you've got on the action, as you say, on the action front, you've got to the top. Yeah. You've, you've, you've done Mission Impossible. Is it now, oh, I'd rather look in other areas of cinema? I mean, um, you know, it's for me, it's always quality over quantity. Mm-hmm. So that's for sure. For the action, I would love to do more action. But mm-hmm. again, quality. Yeah. You know, and if it's not quality, I'd rather not do it. Yeah. You know, so that would be about crafting something very unique and and work with directors that really inspire me and the directors that I admire. So it's not like something specific that I want to do. It's just like working with people that, you know, I want to work with, you know, mm. people that excite me. I would love to work with French directors. I would love to do French movies. I would love to do movies directed by people from all around the world, you know, not just American movies you know uh i would love to do comedy i want to do like crazy things where like i'm fucking weird and crazy characters and like you know also i love to be like super weird and make people uncomfortable and like and just like push my limits so i want to do yeah. that with comedy too yeah uh i want to find like crazy concepts that just are on the edge of like oh you can't do that i'm like mm, i want to do that yeah <laughs> um <laughs> I don't know. I would love to do drama too. I would love to do like beautiful, inspiring movies that are more like also smaller, smaller budgets and not like crazy, uh, crazy big movies, you know. Uh, I would love to do a movie with horses too. Yeah. Yeah, I'm dying to do that. I love horses. Or even a Western, you know, maybe it would be like action. Or maybe something more emotional, like a movie like The Writer. Did you see that movie? That was beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I don't know. It's just about, just want to challenge myself and do really different things. I think that's always exciting. I would love to work with Simon Pegg again. Yeah, of course. I would love to work with Karen Gillan again, like people that I love, you know. I think that's that's always exciting when you 
see an actor who clearly has that 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 kind of outlook. And it's weird because watching. I don't want to do like just like serious stuff. I see someone like Tilda Swinton. She um, inspires me always. She works with such incredible directors. And also sometimes she does comedy, you know? Yeah. And it's just really weird stuff out of nowhere. Yes, it's amazing. I want to do that. I love it. Because, yeah, so your your performance of of Paris, as said, I think it was the silence, the striking looks and images. Again, it's so funny seeing that, that... that picture of that bird now because there is it is a lot of that intensity from the off like like just mm-hmm. as soon as we meet Paris it's like yeah. whoa what's going on <laughs> here? like you kind of you're leaning b- back into your seat but you know I, I learned also I want to say I learned a lot with uh, Christopher McQuarrie about stillness yeah and not you know moving slowly mm-hmm. or not moving and just being still and like keeping the power underneath you yeah. know and for what is it interesting also when you don't speak it's to see all the emotions boiling underneath the skin or the eyes you know yeah and you don't even need to speak but it shows and how to convey that and how to just like you don't even need to speak so it's beautiful to work in that way too you know it's, it's the beauty of, of of tv and film right like the camera is close enough to pick yes. up on these small totally. things and it's realizing that you don't have to scream and be yeah. huge I mean, in that, real that, life that's, you're not. I mean, that's you know? great too, you know. Yeah. I love characters that are like super loud and like super crazy and like move a lot. Yeah, sure. But like sometimes staying still is so, so powerful. Yeah. But it, it works in theatre as well, you know, when you're on stage, you know. Yeah. Sometimes just a presence, someone standing like that and not saying anything, it can be just like convey yeah. a lot of emotions as well. Yeah, completely. And it... it it makes you take it all in that bit more because yeah. you're having to look, like you're almost having to lean in yes, to get it rather than just sit back and allow yeah. it to be, be I mean, through. even with this with this character, you know, uh, Paris, like, barely speaks throughout the movie, but at the end, when she finally speaks, everyone listens, you know? So yeah. that's pretty amazing too. Yeah, I love it. Well, um, before we wrap things up, one of the other, again, I think you're, you mentioned quality over quantity and you've just worked on so many things that I adore. Like, oh, thank you. St- striking Vipers is my favourite, or one of my favourites of the Black Mirror um, s- shows, and Westworld was oh, yeah. absolutely amazing. So how do you go about going, right, this is something I want to work on, and this isn't? Like, Again, I, weirdly, I spoke to Simon about this years ago. He had a point in his career after he'd had his kids where he went, right, I have to really want... To be away from my children, yeah. it has to be something I really want to do yeah. rather than the acting industry can make actors particularly feel that you're kind of, oh, thank you for asking. You know, I'm, you, I am mean, feel as if you have to accept anything yeah. and everything. So how do you approach what you choose and what projects you want to be part of? I mean, there was a point where I was like, I couldn't really choose, but now I can choose. So it's a great feeling. Yeah. I think it's a gut feeling, you know, you just, you just know. And then if you go to sleep at night and you're like, oh, I don't think I should do it. I don't think I should do it. Like usually you shouldn't do it, you know? Mm-hmm. And some, sometimes people push you because they, they have an agenda or they think that it's going to be good for your career or blah, 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 blah. I'm like, Mm-mm, no. This, this is my vision and I want to stick to it. So if you have the opportunity to be able to say no, yeah, you have to to, to follow your gut. Yeah, completely. Well, to kind of wrap things up, as we record this, it's the premiere t- t- tonight. Mm-hmm. How exciting is that? How 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 are you? How excited are you about your your outfit? About your look? About just walking in there and being part of this this mm-hmm. thing? The, 
that you've dreamed of for so long? Oh my God, it's really exciting. And um, yeah, my outfit is cool too. (laughs) But um, no, we spent so much time in London, you know, the production is based in London and we spent so much time uh, shooting here, rehearsing at the studios. So, you know, it feels like we're, we're, we're back home, you know? Yeah. So it's going to be beautiful to show the movie here, and I, I, I want to hear the reaction of the of the audience. And you know, it's it's amazing because in this movie, and it doesn't happen a lot in movies, you hear people cheer and applause and like yell, and it's it's so exciting yeah. to get to experience it. You know, it's a real like cinematic experience, and to experience it with the with the audience is magic. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love that. When do you think you're going to get a chance? To sit back and take it all in, like, like when's the whirlwind over, or is, is there a pause? Never, but I don't no want to. I don't want to rest. <laughs> I have like I have like a tiny break during the world tour. I want to go go ride horses in Colorado because it's just it's my happy place. You yeah. Know? So my happy place would be to do some cool training stuff yeah. when some other people would like go on a vacation by the beach. Like I, I don't know. Not right now. Maybe later. You know, desires change. You know, yeah, throughout life. Course. But right now, I like to be in action. <laughs> I love it, and I love the the further preparing yourself for whatever is around the corner for that horse riding film that is to come for that mm-hmm. western or whatever yes. no whatever I, I need to be. do more motorcycle training too because i want to do like you know ride motorcycles in movies but i need to like train to do some cool stuff yeah yeah mm-hmm. and it makes a difference i remember the first time i got cast in something that had horse riding and i've never ridden a horse before and i just lied like some i was people, like yep, some yep, people lie yep. but it shows you know it's but all the detail we, all the body position and but, the confidence you don't have it if you don't know how to do it well that was it it was amazing though to kind of get thrown in and and learn all that and by yeah. the end of it we mm-hmm. are riding along beaches yeah. and all this kind of thing and it's That's like cool. right this is this is a again it's mad at times that these are our jobs that this is what we get to do for a living yeah I mean, it's amazing to get to be able to travel all around the world and have these crazy experiences. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a beautiful thing. Well, I'll let you k- keep continuing on with your crazy experiences. I appreciate Thank you taking you. the time. It's Thank been a pleasure. Thank you so much for speaking with me. It was so much fun. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to Scroobius Pip's Distraction Pieces. There we go. That was Pom. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. That was a joy for me. As you can see from the 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 Polaroid, all of this, I'm beaming, I'm buzzing, I'm loving it. The bit you might have heard that made me panic slightly was, was when I brought up Uncut Gems and Pom was like, I was cut from that. And I was like, no, I'm, I swear you were in it. And exactly as she got to in the end, it's like you're the meme (laughs) like that meme is arguably the most seen part of the movie i love uncut gems it's one of my favorite go and listen to the episode i did with the safety brothers it's really good the charlie brooker episode as well if you're a black mirror fan i told you at the start i've had everyone on but yeah i panicked for a second i was like oh shit if i just i looked up the imdb and i thought oh yeah i remember remember pomming that and i thought if i just imagine this if i really messed up here and I look like I've just read like a wiki page or whatever, rather than, as you heard, I'm a fan. I know so much of Pom's stuff. But then, yeah, she mentioned the meme then. And I was like, yeah, that's oh, fuck, cool. I've saved few. It's all right. I've not fucked up. Hell of an episode, in my opinion. And go and watch this new Mission Impossible Man on a big screen. It's mad. It's mad. 
I think one of the exciting things about Mission Impossible, I, did I mention it in the in the episode, is partly the marketing because you can do so much on CGI these days. But with these Mission Impossible films, because you know that Tom Cruise has done, you know, most of these stunts for real, most of the things you see have been done for real. It just gets you on the edge of your seat. It's wicked. I love it. Anyway, I'll be back next week with another wonderful guest. Until then, stay safe and stay sane. Ta-ta.